Hello, everybody. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. And welcome to a special bonus episode tonight. We are going to do a first watch, just the two of us, of Coming to America um, 2, uh, which is confusing to look at when the 2, the T-O is 2, because um, I'm just looking at the screen right now. But Coming to America 2, um, we're going to be watching for the first time tonight. So traditionally with these first watches, what we do is we talk a little bit. We watch a bit of the movie. We come back. We discuss it watch a bit more of the movie, discuss it, and then get our final thoughts at the end. So this kind of works as both the first watch and a um, very modern, fresh review, I guess, um, this episode. Um, <clears throat> so you brought this up to me a couple nights ago about doing this, and I've been busy and I hadn't really been thinking about it, but as I was having my first drink, which I think gives me clarity anymore, <laughs> um, I realized how do in general do you feel about the trend in both television i'm going to separate these the trend in television of revivals and then the trend also in film of these sequels popping up 15 20 25 years later um i think as long as there's a rationale for the sequel that it's okay um and obviously neither of us have watched this movie so we don't mm -hmm. i don't know how sure worthwhile the watch is going to be but in theory this makes complete sense to have this be you know whatever 30 years later or however long it's set after the original movie where he's older and wiser and grown and like to have a reason for him to go back to america you know after mm -hmm. being in zamunda um so it's like an, an honest, like natural sequel. Whereas you look at something like, um, like Last Blood, the most recent uh, Rambo movie. Mm -hmm. The movie Rambo from what is it like 2010? Right. Is a very good, like, fine point on that series. And sure. really just like a good connection from First Blood to that. You know, sure. it's like if you look at that as being the sequel of this guy who just wanted peace like didn't want to have anything to do with any kind of like war anymore but is the ultimate like fighting you know whatever combatant and is drawn back into this conflict because of his like deep-seated humanitarian whatever roots and so right. it's good to the to the point that that movie bookends the very beginning of first blood with you know of him walking down the road again i mean yeah um, it's it's the natural conclusion yeah so then to have like another sequel that's really just a thinly veiled, I don't know, almost like pro, I don't want to say pro-Trump, but like really like anti-immigration. It's a very crass look at like what the border is like and, you know, the whatever. And it's just, it's it doesn't make any sense and it's just not very good. Like there's no need for it. So that's that's the kind of thing that I look at. Like is is it a sequel that actually enhances the... The legacy or your interest in the first one so yeah. i've always been glad they haven't done another back to the future or another mm -hmm. goonies or you know i mean there's plenty of like good franchises that that's still always rumored all the time that goonie sequel <clears throat> yeah and, and so it's one of the reasons why this new ghostbuster sequel that has never come out now right is interesting to me because this is you know the children of the ghostbusters mm -hmm. this is like you know the next generation 
finding these this technology and learning to use it and whatever having their own adventures and like to me that that's a sequel that makes sense but not like something where it's just here's characters that you know i mean there's a reason why like sequels were reviled forever you know especially in the horror genre um because it's just they're just cash grabs it's like yeah here's this character that you know like the conjuring universe quote unquote right it's just bullshit it's just a reason to like you have this thinly veiled tie-in with pre-established characters and then all of a sudden it's like you know you're building the world sure yeah but really all you're doing is whatever like right it's no different than how they established the new ncis's or you know anything like that where it's like yeah that's um so it seems to me like and this is just off the top of my head because i just thought about this five minutes ago ten minutes ago like it seems to me like just thinking about it like that movies seem to have a better track record than television does to me to where it's like you think about Blade Runner 2049. Like, if you're just thinking about the past 10 years where this revival craze is just one nuts. Um, tw- Blade Runner 2049. Like, well, maybe 15 years. Like, the the, fir- the first Rambo, like, you know, movie. Like, um, uh, Rocky, Bal- <laughs> Rocky Balboa, um, sure. you know, was a good, like, Another cap- worthwhile sequel. Sure. Yeah. Um, Fury Road. You know, I mean, like, it seems like there's a fairly good track record. And I would maybe say that this thing after 10 to 15 years, not that there hasn't been examples prior, I'm guessing, like, Color of Money, like, it happens with, kind of. But, like, in more recent history, like, Clerks 2 might have been the first one that's, like, after 15 years gets made. Um, I guess Star Wars, maybe, even before that. But, like, those those are such blockbusters that... um, It's a little different, too. Yeah. Um... And there was always like the plan for a continuation at some point. So the first one I can think of is kind of Clerks 2, really. But um, but yeah, and then it like just kind of like goes off the rails. And then now you have all the television revivals, which have a worse track record to me, I think. Um, because I don't know about you, but it's like, did you watch Full House growing up? Or were you too old for that? Uh, I watch it with my brother sometimes on Friday nights. Yeah, so it's like when they did Fuller House, I know it's for a new generation, but it was like, let's, and me and my wife, like, watched the first, you know, like, a season of that, and it's like, okay, it was, like, fun to see these characters after, you know, 30 years or whatever, but ultimately, like, you know, we watched one season and, like, never went back to it. For me, like, as much as I loved Roseanne as a child, I watched a few episodes of like the new Roseanne before it changed over to the Connors. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I see what these characters are as adults. Like, you know, it was fun to see them like, you know, all these years later. Um, and I'm done. Like, and if you look at the track record of these revivals, they're not great, like necessarily. Um, uh, you know, I never watched Will and Grace really anyway. I saw episodes here and there. I think Megan Maloney's a genius, but, um, but, I didn't care about the Will and Grace like revival. It's like Frasier's getting revived. Like I didn't even know that existed. The Will and that? Grace revival. Oh, the oh Will yeah. And Grace, yeah, yeah. No, no. yeah, it was. But pretty... you know, I don't care about TV, so sure. But Frasier's getting a revival, like you know, which is cool that that character's been on television for going to be what four out of five decades almost now. Like that's a kind of a cool feat. But like at the same time, it's like, do I really need to see Frasier in his seventies? I mean, like, I, um, so it's like. But yeah, you're right. I think when it comes to movies, it's like as long as there's a worthwhile premise for it, kind of like Twin Peaks to me is the best revival that's happened. Um, Because it was established in 1991. Um, And 
there felt like there was an actual purpose for it to like finish sure. the story off. Um, so my other question for you that I've thought of before we get started is this. We've talked a long time about your track record with comedies um, in general, like in terms of like you don't really care for like comedy movies that often. Um, <laughs> right. It's not your genre. So what is it about like why? So you're the one that suggested this. So it's like, oh, yeah. what about coming to America as a movie um, being a comedy makes you want to do this and like want to watch you probably would have watched it anyway, but it's like do this and actually talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I I think coming to America, the original, is a pretty perfect comedy in a lot of ways, and it's it's really, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really Eddie Murphy's first foray into being multiple characters in in the same movie, right? Like, I don't it, think, it, yeah, it's his first, yeah. So uh, I mean, he, it, he, he and he doesn't pick it up until the next movie that he does it in is Vampire from Brooklyn. So he does it here, him and Arsenio do it here, and then the next time he does it is Vampire in Brooklyn, and then it's the ones you know, you know, that I can't remember. Yeah, Nutty Professor, clumps. I guess, and then Clumps. Yeah. Right. I just think it's I, I think it's a brilliant movie. I think it's really funny. It was a movie that I found to be really funny when I was a kid, and then as I've watched it, I've probably seen Coming to America six times <laughs> since I saw it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it always makes me laugh. Like yeah. I think it's funny. I mean, it's like I like comedies. I just find most comedy to be too obvious and it just doesn't make me laugh. Sure. Yeah. I um, also feel like if I'm going to take my time to watch something, I should watch something that has like, I don't know. That's more interesting to me than I, I like. I like to watch comedy with other people too. Like I feel like mm -hmm. a movie that's funny is funnier when you're with other people that are laughing at it because then that makes you laugh more and like agreed. When I'm sitting there by myself, you know, just on the couch, like I ain't, like sometimes I watch movies and I laugh my ass off, but sometimes it's just like, eh, like it's, it's not that funny. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it is not to get depressing about COVID again, but it's like, it is one of those experiences. I think comedies like being in a theater with other people to be able to like, you know, it, it makes you enjoy it more. Just like you're in, like I've watched stand up in a crowd with people versus like you know the same stand-up like in a special and it's always funnier with the crowd because there's energy and people around you other people that find the humor and um yeah like it, that that gets missed sometimes this is one of those movies with, and this kind of is like almost like a sequel to i can't remember what episode it is but it was um it was a third man where we talked about the best eddie murphy movies and we talked about um coming to america and the golden child and um, so we talked extensively about the first um, coming to America like a year and a half ago or so um, to go back kind of like in the archives. But <clears throat> this was a movie that like I watched because like it was this and Beverly Hills Cop. I'm trying to think if there's in Golden Child, like I, because I just like had like all of those free services like, you know, from the old like cable tubes. Um, I used to just watch cinemax showtime hbo all the time so it's like i used to see these movies constantly and like coming to america i i have to have seen during like the time it came out and like in a couple years after probably at least 20 25 times um um this is like i think like the difference with you and i where it's like i would just watch the same movies over and over again where i don't think you did that as a kid as much right mm. uh, i mean when I was a little older, I probably did, but only certain things. Yeah. 
Um, but that's how like all these comedies when I was like in my like, you know, uh, preteens, I would watch these things over and over, which is why I have love for things like Overboard and, um, you know, Crocodile Dundee and all those kind of things because they would just be on constantly. So I'd watch them constantly. Um, so this is this is something I never thought would happen coming to America, too, honestly. Um, especially with Murphy's uh, decline uh, throughout the 90s into the 2000s and kind of becoming just like a non-entity for a long time. Um, One prediction I want to get from you, where Coming to America left off, remembering from a year and a half ago, Lisa's going to Zamunda with him. Right. What do you, like, is your prediction is that she, like, gets sick of the life and moves back to America? Is that the idea you think here? Because the only thing I know mm. is he goes back to America to find his son. Like, that's all I know about this movie. Yeah, that's got to be it, that she divorced him or she couldn't take living there anymore and got homesick and had to go home or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh, never mind. This is answering my question for me. I was going to say, do you think John Amos is in this? But um, the the banner um, ad on Amazon just answered that question for me. Never mind. Um, I do think it's interesting too. The 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 very top banner ad on Prime. I don't know if it's the same for you. Is actually the barbershop characters. Yes, that's what it is for me. And I think that's fascinating that you brought up like the multiple character stuff because it does seem to be the multiple character thing that sticks in a lot of people's minds. I think um so it's actually good advertising i think from prime i'm going to be really disappointed if there's no eric lasalle cameo in this and there's no mention of soul glow i just want to like state that off the top if there's no reference to those characters or appearance by eric lasalle then i'm going to be really disappointed (laughs) i mean i think i i i I think that will be in it okay i hope so all right so you ready to get started on this then yeah Okay. All right. We'll be back here in a little bit. Uh, We're in the middle of the movie to talk and update you. Okay. So we're about uh, 35 minutes into the movie right now. Uh, Frank, what are you thinking so far? I'm enjoying it pretty good. Um, This made me laugh, you know, half a dozen times. And I've found it to be pretty clever throughout. It's got a bunch of good actors in it. So, I don't know. I'm enjoying it so far. I think I like the idea, and I don't know if this is where it stays, but about them going back to Zamunda instead of just, like, having it be a rehash of uh, coming to America. So. Yeah. No, I, I do like that it's going back. And it seems like it's going to be different in some way. Um, the the funeral sequence, I think, so far has been, like, the highlight of... <laughs> this was really good. Um like all of those references that are in there to like the Lion King and James Earl Jones and the Salt and Pepper and then Vogue cameos and the Morgan Freeman cameos. Um, it really plays up what they didn't do. I don't think of the first movie that much is the, this is really is kind of like a maybe quasi dictator, um, you know, like that needs to be like fallen upon and those kind of things. Um, and have like himself like elevated, um, which I thought was really funny. Um, uh yeah i mean it's it's really good nostalgia i think so far um yeah i mean it's obviously it's tongue-in-cheek right a lot of this so far you oh think? yeah 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 definitely um 
so it, it comes in with the knowledge that it's kind of hokey at times i think like so far especially in this setup um but the bastard son thing keeps <laughs> making me laugh <clears throat> every every time the stuff with semi is is pretty funny like where they were <laughs> why why couldn't it be you semi? <laughs> right <laughs> right which is very which for us is even maybe funnier because it's a very specific reference um to friends of the podcast, Ryan Wellmaker and Mike Bledsoe, where um, is that Batman Begins or? Yeah, it was it was Batman Begins. Yeah, where Ryan busted himself open. They were doing um, jumps off of trying to catch a pole outside the movie theater, and um, friend of the podcaster Ryan Wellmaker busted his calf um, open at the bone um, by slamming it into a pole, and then. Um, unceremoniously uh asked why couldn't this has happened to Bledsoe, uh which is one of the greatest um <laughs> lines i've ever heard in my life but yeah why <laughs> why couldn't this happen to you it made me laugh really hard uh the old witch doctor's funny like that character um negative so far i was a little disappointed with the barbershop scene overall like it just felt like it was a way to like throw in references to modern times as much as possible, like in showing the change of modern times. Um, there's a couple funny things in it, but like some of the stuff just felt like old man bitter grapes a little bit in some ways. Yeah. Even though it was lighthearted and supposed to be funny, like I get it, but <clears throat> that was the only thing that like I was a little disappointed with. Still no Eric LaSalle <laughs> so far. Right. And if they're well, back you never in- know. If they're back in Zimunda, I still don't know if we're going to any Eric LaSalle. Happy Eric LaSalle. S- happy to see Louie uh, Anderson, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and John Amos, so that's that's, yeah. that's good. That was a funny scene, too, kind of. Yeah. Like the, a, little too, a little too on the nose with, like, the Beyond Burger type thing or whatever. The, sure. But um, still, it was, it, it was funny. Like, I've, I've, I've not... The barbershop scene didn't bother me necessarily, so I have not had a moment where I thought, all right, that's kind of lame, and I'm wasting my time. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad. I just this thought it, I I love the barbershop scene from the first one, so it um I do love the 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 fact that they're still watching boxing after all these years. Um, and seemingly they haven't aged, <laughs> like which is the funniest part to me, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. It's it's um. It's good, and I think I, I, I'm not often a fan of Leslie Jones, but I I like her so far in this role. I think she's really funny so far. Yeah, she's been funny so far. Yeah, so. I like the whole like um the riff on like the whole Black Panther thing with them fighting him with both stabs, like uh <laughs> out in the garden or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've been waiting for a reference to Wakanda at some point in this like for the first, you know, whatever, 35 minutes or whatever it's been. Um, I've been waiting for that, especially after that opening scene. But, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested to see where it goes, um, especially since they're kind of, like, playing up, like, plot-wise, the idea that it has to be a son that, like, takes over, like, someone then. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's pretty obvious setup for, um, you know, a changing of the guard type thing. So let me ask you this question, mm-hmm. since we're 40 minutes in, roughly yeah. 35 minutes in. Um, Lavelle is not his son, right? Like that's gonna be what ends up happening. 
like some kind of DNA test gets done and it's not his kid. Yeah, right. And but there's like a growing experience for him, and then there's like you know a growing experience for everybody, and he's still kind of like accepted as part of the family to some degree, despite all that. And and yeah. then the eldest daughter gets to be the queen of Zamunda, and yes. maybe they create her some shit. I don't know, but yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll be back here in in probably about thirty five forty minutes. Or 35 or 40 milliseconds because we're going to stop and then just start talking again. Good in point. Your world. Good yeah. point. Yes. Um, correct. Okay. So we're about an hour and 10 minutes into this, 11 minutes into it. Um, I think we've gotten a little bit further into the story now that um, the prince is now has this like relationship potential with. Uh, his hairstylist in Zamunda. So <clears throat> quickly before we get into like talking about this a little bit, like now, where do you think this is going, Frank? Um, I still think I'm right. Maybe I don't know. I I still think you're right. I I think the idea now is that the oldest daughter becomes like the queen eventually. Um. He probably moves to America with her, is my guess. Or the queen ends up making it legal for women to like have businesses and stuff like that, and he stays in Zamunda with the rest of the family, and like you know ends up marrying Marambe, or I think that's her name, right? Yeah, Marambe. That's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I mean, a lot of this I think is kind of predictable, but I still am having a lot of fun watching it overall. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I, um, there's stuff in the second half that's, you know, I think the second half has been more predictable than the first, probably. So they're doing some plot smoothing in, like, terms of just having things happen without, like, really building to those things happening. Like, um, Tracy Morgan and, uh, um, semi you know like forming a friendship and right um prince lavelle and uh the princess forming a friend there's all kinds of small things where it's like you know i don't know it's i mean not, i guess like what right, right. Not it, necessarily really sure it's not earned though is what you're saying like it's why this is this this why i hate comedies just so you know <laughs> it's because things things don't happen naturally they just kind of occur yeah man because like you don't you didn't you, you didn't like build to that moment where like i feel like it's earned it's just like oh like now it's convenient for a couple of jokes and like it's funny like i don't know i'm I'm really enjoying this movie a lot right like sure. don't get me wrong yeah. but in the back of my mind i'm saying like what 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 the fuck like they're not friends man they they they, they ain't doing fist bump well right well 10 minutes before that they were like you know chasing at each other's throats right, right. he's choking him on tel- national or modern television like you know i mean so yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I mean, these are the contrivances of most comedies a lot of times, and I I get it. Um, I do think the jokes are coming fairly consistently, um, yeah, enough sure. to keep me interested. Uh, so there's I, also uh, some moderate moderate fourth wall breaking where they think they realize what they're doing and acknowledging it, and that somehow like not even somehow like that that makes it a little more palatable. 
the whole like it's you know what would you have in america with superhero movies right. what is the superhero movies remakes and unnecessary sequels to old right movies? sure yeah. yeah um yeah and then so they they know what they're doing uh to a large degree here <clears throat> uh since we last talked um 30 some minutes in the um the introduction of Wesley Snipes' daughter. <laughs> like, that's that's a fantastic scene. Yes. Um that's a that's a really good scene, like uh that's happened. Uh I thought the lion thing was entertaining enough, um even though it's absurd. Like sure. with the, you know, I, I thought that was entertaining. I thought like training him to be a prince and Hakeem himself, like kind of like almost adopting like you know some of the style and like being interested in tracy morgan's like you know advice and stuff like that is is interesting um so yeah i'll be really interested to see like how they end up like melding because obviously the idea is they're going to meld like kind of like some american culture with the, the zaman culture in the end so i'll be really interested to see how that like turns out overall yeah, I want to say something. We we talked about this when we had a cigarette real quick after in between mm-hmm. the last break and like starting the movie again. This movie looks gorgeous. Like it it's filmed really, really well. And there's just there's a really good use of like depth of field and mm-hmm. just the way that they have like a lot of contrasting colors and like, you know, rich like deep tones and bright light. It's just it's it's a really, really, really like well shot movie. And I'm not usually i don't usually notice that about you know comedies for the most part because it's more about just framing the action on the screen as opposed to like actually trying to like you know create like a visual i guess like whatever like tone for the film but it's 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 nice like it's it's fun to watch very um it is i mean look i mean not to discount comedies whatsoever but i mean craig brewer is a real director right i mean like uh this is the guy that did hustle and flow and black snake moan and i mean like yeah this, guy, this is a legit dude um and has you know a lot of television to his credit in terms of shield episodes and um he actually was the one that uh directed the pilot of terriers which set the tone for that show for however long it lasted so i mean um, you know, Craig Brewer is a legit director and knows what he's doing. So yeah, I mean, it looks it looks great on the screen. Like some of the CGI every once in a while, and certain scenes like the the scenes where like they're obviously uh, using their old characters at times and kind of like doing CGI like to make them look younger or to animate their younger selves. And the lion CGI, but you know, was a little iffy and stuff like that. But um, the actual like filmmaking of this is uh yeah it's really strong um and it looks gorgeous i mean you said that like right away like in terms of like as soon as we saw like the paramount um stuff at the very beginning of the movie like you're like this looks gorgeous on my television like right at the opening scene and yeah i mean no it looks really nice um yeah it was um i'm pretty impressed so far so yeah i am too all right so we're gonna finish off this movie and we'll be back Traveling through time in a few seconds to you. Goodbye. Okay, we finished the movie. Frank, I want to go with you first. How'd you feel about it overall? Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um aside from what we we just talked about, you know, I guess in 
podcast terms of the fact there's some smoothing with like plot points and whatever like it, it was still really entertaining um i thought i had some really good laughs and i thought the whole ending like the last 15 minutes or so were really great um including the uh the sexual chocolate performance which, which yes. made me laugh pretty um the john legend i guess easter egg at the end um, yes singing my, the, she's might be one of my favorite song. things in the entire movie probably yeah, it made me laugh really hard yes make sure you watch through the credits yes um just everything about it like i enjoyed it i don't know i thought it was really good yeah it was I mean, it was much better than what i initially expected would happen coming out of a I don't know, a sequel to a movie that I like quite a bit. So, Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that I don't think... I, I think that movies nowadays, especially comedies, have lost their plotting in terms of tightness. And I do think, despite the uh, smoothing that you talked about, I do think that this movie could have been 15 minutes tighter. Um with some with some trimming like in you know those surgical cuts and i can't remember how long coming to america is but i i would say it's probably like an hour and 37 is my guess um and i think that an hour yeah and 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 i would say that like you know there probably could have been some surgical cutting here in order to kind of get it down from the 140 you know five or whatever that ended up being um but yeah, it was an enjoyable experience. It's good nostalgia, not bad nostalgia. Um, and the thing that I took away from it most is, to me, was the maturity of Eddie Murphy, I think, after all these years. Which is, you think about those Eddie Murphy movies from the 80s and 90s, and and even early 2000s, I guess, is how much he's just trying to get himself over. And sure. he takes a back seat in this movie and allows himself to be, which I, I think is the word he even used in the movie is uh, Kim uses the fool, right? And it really shows to me a maturity on Murphy's part after all these years that it's not him trying to get himself over, but allowing him to kind of play the dunce that needs to learn lessons from a new generation, and it really shows to me the father that Murphy is with you know i mean like uh, you know that that he's been for the past you know 25 years you know that he's kind of like disappeared more and more from movies and television um that you know he's 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 matured in this time and um it actually makes me really interested to see what he's going to do in the future if he's going to go back to comedies and certainly his stand-up is going to be coming out in the next couple of years i'll be really interested to see like what he's up to you know yeah i would definitely watch um more movies that he was in after not really enjoying much. I don't think that he's done. And I mean, I, I like that Dolomite movie. So right. I guess there was that. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good return to form. And, and, and the performance in Dreamgirls years ago was, you know, I mean, like solid. Um, yeah, to me, though, that's more of like, that's not an Eddie Murphy vehicle as much as, you know. Sure. Understood. Um, Coming to America is two hours long. The original. It's 170. Oh, really? Minutes. It's that long? Yeah, that, it's pretty long. So the pacing, the pacing of that movie is much better, though. It doesn't. Uh, feel, yeah, it doesn't feel like two hours. Agreed. Like I, I know, I know we've been talking in between this, but this felt long to me for what it was. Yeah, it really did. But I mean, I 
I don't I don't think that in a bad way. I just think that No, 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 that's yeah. I understand. I just felt like it could have been trimmed a little bit. I think in the modern comedies you still have to be devoted to the I don't know. Uh, like the gags or whatever. I mean again, like this is why we don't ever review comedies because I'm such a bitter fuck, but <laughs> right. it's like Yeah, certain things could have been like excised from this movie and it would have been you wouldn't have lost anything. Right. There were just jokes for jokes' sake. Sure. Speak. Yeah. But listen, like I laughed consistently throughout this movie. I, I enjoyed too. myself yep. the entire time. Yeah. Um to the point of the question you asked before we started, I think this is definitely a worthy successor to you know, a really good movie. I think it's a nice follow-up, but to your point, you know, it ties together that Murphy character is being like like wiser and older and like learning his lessons through his children it's just um it was good yeah no i i agree i i I found it enjoyable throughout and um like the last 15 minutes which also might have been like a little long potentially like when you really think about it but it was it kept a smile on my face the entire time of you know the whole sequence of going back to Queens, coming back to Zamunda, and, um, you know, the musical elements of it. And uh, I love the idea that it's all the Queens people that end up reacting to um, Jackson at the end first, before the Zamundans finally, like, kind of follow suit, um, you know. And I, I, yeah, I thought that was really fun to bring that character back um, right at the very end um, when everybody else has been reintroduced from the original movie. So, um, yeah, it was good. And the John Legend bit is fantastic. That's a, that's a great Easter egg in those credits. Um, that might that might have made me, like, actually, like, uh, chuckled harder, like, as soon as I realized what was happening um, more than anything in the movie, honestly. So let me ask you a question. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's talk about Eddie Murphy a little bit more then. Sure. So you have not seen Dolomite is my name. I will like I, I think that's a really good movie. And even though yeah. I think it's derivative of badass in a lot of ways, like it's it's enjoyable and he's a really good performance in it. Mm-hmm. What do you think the last starring role for him non-voice work? So live action film. Sure. I'm off not the top look of your up. head without looking it up. What do you think the last good movie he did is good movie i watched boomerang two years ago and i thought boomerang was better than i did as a kid because i didn't understand it as a kid right so boomerang would be the last movie i would think that is actually good you're not wrong because it's all a bunch of bullshit i think boomerang is cheesy at times like it's very even though it's like what 90 91 it's like it's very 80s feeling like in terms of its comedy at times but um i still enjoyed the movie overall now i'm a fan of vampire in brooklyn Mm -hmm. so i would actually stop there but i think that boomerang is probably the answer yeah because then you got harlem nights and coming to america in 88 that's been recommended to me so many times recently on Prime, and I've thought about going back and rewatching that just because of my experience with Boomerang. I wondered maybe if I rewatched Harlem Nights, I would feel differently about it, and I, I just haven't hit play yet, like on it. I mean, it was pretty reviled. I sure. remember. Yeah, I remember. I that, yeah. I have a soft spot for Harlem Nights because it was one of those movies that, like, 
I mean, to your point about Boomerang, like, I don't know that I got 80% of the jokes when I sure. watched. Like, it made me laugh because it was whatever dirty. And yeah, I loved Red Fox. Yeah. And sure. Harlem I, Nights is one of those movies when you look at it critically, because I have looked it up. It's one of those movies that people either fucking despise or people like love as some sort of, you know, like almost caught comedy type thing. Um, so it's going I, on my watch list right now. So. God damn it. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things I just haven't hit play on. It keeps getting, I don't know why, but it keeps going to recommend Jimmy on Prime, like, 10 or 15 movies in, so I probably need to watch it again. But yeah. I don't know watch it. Maybe I'll go on vacation next week. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I still got to watch three podcast movies for this Sunday, so. Jesus, Frank. That's uh, it's been a busy week, man. Like I come home from work and I go to bed. I don't know. This is why I make this is why I make you come up with them like a month ahead of time. So like I'm I'm watching them like right up to the day every single time. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're the one that has to talk about them more than me. I can just sit there and take notes and be like, "Fuck this movie." (laughs) I mean, on the positive side, like you know, I don't talk about anything I haven't seen before. So sure. Um. Yeah. I just always try to keep ahead just because I I need, especially with a lot of movies I haven't seen and I had not seen, eh, I think it was only one off this list maybe, so uh, coming up. But just a last minute promote, um, this Sunday, two days from now, we'll be doing, um, uh, or maybe one day from now because I'm probably not going to post this tonight, um, we'll be doing... Um, the story of a day or the top five movies that uh, take place within, you know, a single day episode. And uh, that'll be our next episode. And then we'll be um, then recording the what top five next compelling female performances, uh, which I have one movie left on. Um, and again, to one degree or another, I've enjoyed every movie. Um uh, but there's one particularly I'd never seen before that I fucking loved um, that I haven't even talked to Frank about yet. So, uh, so yeah. Was so it I'm, the one you texted me about? Frank, I, I drink a lot anymore at nights. I don't okay. remember what I texted you about. But touché, um, no, I, I just watched it last night and I loved it. Okay, so then yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't that one. Oh, yes, right. Right, I know which one you're talking about, the Australian one. Um, no, it wasn't that one. Um, I actually like this one even more than that. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't like the title of this movie. Just to be picky, I don't like the two replacing the the to. Oh, it doesn't bother me. It's whatever. You're heathen. Uh, what does it matter? <laughs> It just confuses me coming to America, but it's also coming to like it's the same title except for they replaced the to with the two, so it's really confusing to me as someone who like has to edit things all the time constantly. I don't like it. Like, right, but like it's it. better than coming to America too. That's dumb. I'd rather have a subtitle. Just saying. I'd rather be tall and handsome, but here we are. So, okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. And I, I definitely recommend this movie. Yeah, it's, it's especially it's definitely... if you like the original. Yeah. And amazing that like this movie's free, 
I mean, as long as you subscribe to Prime, but like that's sure. that's a pretty that's yeah pretty fantastic that you're seeing something that probably would have made a relatively decent amount of money in the theater, you know, just for your Amazon subscription. So challenge, Frank. Mm. We should do this with Godzilla or King Kong. Okay, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'd, I'd be watching it first night anyway. So <laughs> that's I would not be watching it first night. So. Motherfucker, okay, let let's me tell do you, it then. Let me let, <laughs> let me tell you something. I got a 30-day trial subscription to Paramount Plus the other day just so I could watch the new SpongeBob SquarePants movie because it was a new movie and I just wanted to have something to watch. So, But I still have three movies left to watch on the podcast. So I watch it. Right, sure. I it. But I really so, wanted to watch the SpongeBob movie. So. I, don't even under, I don't even understand what Paramount, Paramount Plus is considering... We have CBS All Access. I don't know what the difference is. I guess there's more movies. I don't know. Um, you get CBS shit on it. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't get what it is. Um, it's going to cost me $5.99 it's all, it's a month. It's all run amok. Everything's run amok now with the streaming shit. None of it makes any sense to me. It's all Trump's fault. Like, I know that. Like, from the decisions that were made in that administration. To where everybody's just going to have streaming services. And you're going to pay for all of them. Um, I'm not, and at least I have CBS All Access now, so I can watch the Indiana Jones movies for free, uh, for April, and I'm gonna start that soon. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, none of this makes any sense to me anymore. I don't, I don't understand Paramount Plus at all. Like, um, it feels like so. Another- yeah. Paramount Plus is CBS All Access. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. They just renamed it. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, because I just tried to log in. I forgot. So backstory. Um, <laughs> I subscribed to Paramount Plus through my Amazon. Uh huh. Um. So when I went to log into it through my PlayStation account, it didn't work. Then it told me that CBS All Access has now changed to Paramount Plus, and I got real mad. So I was like, I put a subscription, but then I remembered. So now I'm scrolling through it. Gotcha. So it's the same thing. They just renamed it. Yeah. Hey, it's got the Indiana Jones series on it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, well, so does CBS All Access. So, um, well, actually, let me just quickly check. See, Harlem Knights is recommended, like right underneath. Like, I when I when I when I backed out of this, um, mm-hmm. watch the series premiere for free. But we have okay, whatever. Hold on. Uh, oh, yep, it's changed. The, your channel's changed to Paramount Plus now. So CBS is actually, yeah, gotcha. All right. Um, Spoiler, was, there's only was, two Nicolas Cage movies on Paramount Plus, and I've seen them both. But there is one Michael Chiklis movie. Um, right, but we're not doing the best because it'd be done in 10 minutes. <laughs> um, we talk about the commission. She, she, she's watching Late Night with Stephen Colbert. That's weird. Okay, all right. Um, but you got all the CBS shows, man. So you got Blue Bloods and all the NCISs and all the CISs and all the Criminal Minds, too, that you can watch, you know? I ain't watching none of them shits. <laughs> right. All that matters out of this is that we have access to the Indiana Jones movies um, because we have to watch all four of them here soon. So, yeah, it's cool. All right. Oh, we also have access to the season one of the Equalizer with Queen Latifah. Um, 
fan fantastic. All right. <clears throat> that is not a remake that needs to happen. Um looking pretty, she, she, she's looking pretty good though there. No, she looks fantastic. I'm not I'm not gonna say anything about the way the Queen looks. Like I mean she's she still looks good. I have to, um, I have to watch some equalizer. <laughs> Um, nothing, nothing against her whatsoever. It's just, I just don't think that show needs to be necessarily remade when you just had a movie series in the past five years that is remaking, currently remaking, like, it in movie form. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. And Denzel's, Denzel's really good in that, so, um, even if the movies are kind of blah, like, <clears throat> overall. So, um... Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to talk about with like the regular podcast. So, um, I still got a lot of '92 horror movies to watch, though. Um, I don't know if I've watched a single one yet. Yeah, I'm gonna watch those when I'm sick <clears throat> from the second shot. So mm. that's my plan. <clears throat> I don't think you're gonna be able to, man. Like I just laid in bed, wanted to die. So, mm. but only for like a day. Uh, like 14 hours maybe no oh, only the daytime part of a day <laughs> you just sped up and get around quick that's really funny all right um <laughs> 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 yeah, nobody's good. made it this far anyway so it's cool they have, no he's heaster heaster made it this far heaster i'm looking forward to the end of the journey podcast and um Right. I'll watch WandaVision tomorrow. So, all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Deuces.